Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, guys, I'm going to start us off with a high five today, and that is that. I was going crazy with my kids' toy cleanup process. (laughs) I wasn't loving that. I feel like at their ages, they should be able to clean up their toys by themselves. And I was feeling like, unless there was a lot of convincing, controlling, kind of helping, it was becoming like a power struggle with them getting all the toys cleaned up in the amount of time that I was hoping they would get them cleaned up. So I never felt like we had a really a ton of toys, but I just decided I one day when they're all cleaned up, I just took, it's probably literally like 95% of them and put them in this other room and they're all in baskets. And my idea was you can have the one set of toys out. So whether that's all your construction trucks or whatever it is, your magnetiles, And then when you're done and they're cleaned up, you can trade it in for another basket. So it's like we're having one. Sometimes they have like construction trucks and Lincoln Logs or something out. So it's not just, I feel like a lot of times it was just like, let me just go in, dump every toy out in the house, and then decide I want to play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they couldn't really clean them up by themselves. So I am using this as a high five because I put all the toys away and now it is amazing they can clean up so easily by themselves and so quickly and in simplicity parenting kim john Payne talks a lot about this how if your kids are having a hard time with cleanup they probably just have way too many toys Mm -hmm. and or the system you're using how they clean them up Mm -hmm. is maybe too precise for them or Mm -hmm. like just give them a big bin and that's where they all go so yes to that definitely i didn't even think that they had a ton but it has like changed their whole cleanup and it's made me realize um, that we have definitely more than they really need. They actually don't even notice that the other toys are in the room. They haven't even <laughs> asked for them yet. It's going on probably three weeks now. And I'm sure they will start to want the other ones. But it's just made me recommit to experiences over toys and really just seeing their... You can see how much more creative they are with you know then they find the random stick in the string and the tape and make something you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. all around high five to less toys (laughs) oh i love that i need i need that in my house oh we've gotten rid of so many toys and we still have have so oh you do you've been in our toy room we still have too many and we've gotten rid of when we moved we probably got rid of (laughs) half of our toys and they're still obviously too they accumulate like no other thing in this world i Mm -hmm. think they really do i don't even buy them no they still accumulate like birthdays all of a sudden love birthdays it's so cute to see them open but in my mom mind i'm like oh boy oh boy oh boy where are we gonna put all this i know okay well that's inspirational i love it okay well my high five actually i have a high five also and it kind of goes along with 
Well, Felicia just said, not in that I've pared down my toys, although, wow, yep, should do that. <laughs> Ours is, we were noticing, so our kids probably do a play date maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. and meaning they just love playing with each other, so they'll come over to one of our houses. And we were noticing that at the end of a play date, even if it's not like a full-blown play date, we're just having a like lunch at somebody's house, and then we're going to go. Mm-hmm. When we'd say it's time to clean up, it was me and Felicia... <clears throat> cleaning up with mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. but like we had to do it with them near us <laughs> yeah yeah with them near us maybe putting maybe. some toys in and at one time this is maybe i don't know a month or so ago felicia looks over me and she's like what are we doing why are we cleaning up these toys and she's like they are capable of this and this is i have to give props to felicia because i looked at her and i'm like are they are they i don't know because my older kids are great at it but like my three-year-old eh. anyway no She's like, yes, they are. We can do this. So we made a new thing where we told them the na- the consequence for not. So when we say it's time to clean up, we'll give you a five. We always give them a five minute warning that in five minutes, it's going to be time to clean up. And then we're going to go. Mm-hmm. If you cannot clean up on your own, meaning me and Felicia don't pick up a single toy. If you can't do it, then that means the next play date, which is in a couple days, we're just not going to do that play date. And we'll mm-hmm. wait till the next one. So it's not like it's like crazy consequences. Like you'll never play again. <laughs> it's just you'll miss one out of mm-hmm. the two in a week, which mm-hmm. is fine, which mm-hmm. is fine for Felicia and I. We still go to the park together. It's like me. We're missing out. <laughs> this is like literally just her kids at my house kind mm-hmm. of a thing or my kids at her house. So just as a natural consequence, how you show that you are capable of having a play date with each other is that you are also able to clean up whatever mess you make together. Mm-hmm. So just as last week, her boys were over at my house and I actually literally was getting ready for something. So I, I didn't have time to help them clean up. So I, I did the thing. I gave them five minutes and then I said, okay guys, remember you guys are cleaning this up on your own and I'm not picking up a single toy. I'll give you 10 minutes. And then I didn't even stay with them at all. Like I literally left, <gasps> like finished doing my hair or whatever. I came down, everything was put away, and they were, like, ready to leave with no fuss. Oh, my and gosh. And I saw, yeah, I gave them, like, a big hug, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> you guys did this all by yourselves. I didn't have oh. to, you know, I didn't have to, like, say it more than once. There was no whining. Wow, you guys really have proved to me that you oh, are I able to have that. a play date successfully. Like, you're big enough for that. So Yay. we're having another play date today, so we'll yes. see. We'll see how it goes. But Yay. that was like a huge thing. That's I like a huge went, high five. Yeah. I went to police and I'm like, you were right. They <laughs> can do it. <laughs> oh, man. Because I think, well, I don't know. I mean, they don't always, but at my house. But I, I've seen you can. I've seen you do it. You've revealed your secrets. So. <laughs> I know you're capable. Yes. And that actually brings up an interesting, we were talking about this, the concept of consequences. Because I think a lot of times the thing that, as we talk about respectful parenting, a lot of times you'll throw out something because in a moment of desperation, you're like, no place, never again. Or you're at a party that you want to stay at and you're like, fine, we'll go. But you're not even saying something that you're willing or wanting to follow Mm -hmm. through. You're like punishing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel with some things that like come to my mind. I'm like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Who is that punishing? That's actually punishing me. Yeah. And them. But anyway, so I actually... When Felicia first brought it up, that up, I actually like had to ask, like, okay, how does this fit into respectful parenting? And we have both come to the conclusion that it's fine to have a consequence that is natural, that part of this is this. Mm-hmm. So part of, part of having a play date is cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And both of us were okay with whatever that consequence would be. It's an mm-hmm. easy, it's not like over the top, mm-hmm. crazy punishment. It's just mm-hmm. simply the next time that's not going to mm-hmm. work. Just yeah. like when my kids leave their toys out and I have this little gromper bag that mm-hmm. picks them up mm-hmm. they don't get them back until saturday mm-hmm. 
and only then if they put them away themselves, mm-hmm. right? And if they don't put them away, then I give, I donate them. That isn't like a punishment. Yeah. That's just simply a consequence. Yeah. If it's out, out and you didn't put it away, that's your consequence, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like this crazy over-the-top punishment, but it is, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And Anyway, so that's just, we could really deep dive into that. But yes. just the concept there. Maybe we should. It is difficult sometimes to talk about consequence without having them be punitive punishments. Totally. Or extreme things you're not willing to follow through mm-hmm. on. Or, or unrelated. Or things <laughs> or unrelated or things that are designed just to create pain mm-hmm. versus just we're helping guide behavior mm-hmm. kind of consequences. Yeah. Anyway. Because I think as parents, there, there's so many times where because we're their parent, we protect them from natural consequences that could happen because it's they could get really hurt or they could get into a situation where, you know, if you see your kids standing up high on the piano and jumping to the tile floor, we are, like, we as parents do help them, but then we need to also guide them into seeing consequences, natural consequences to their actions, which sometimes takes us to guide into that natural consequence. Does that make any sense? I think we should do a deep dive. We have to contrive some of them. We have to. They're not fully natural. Yeah. They make sense in our minds, but we have to contrive the consequences. Yeah, yes. And in their life, as they grow up, it's going to relate to something that would be a natural consequence if they were to just leave messes wherever they go or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. So we should. We'll deep dive that. We need to. Okay, so today, speaking of deep dives, we have had a lot of topics come up um, from listeners, and we love the interaction that we have with you guys and your questions and your feedback into, please go into that a little bit more. And so we are going to start doing, I think we're going to call them deep dives. Don't hold us to this because we could change it deep dives into topics that we've covered before but that we feel like we could review how it's working for us maybe it's a book we've read that we've been practicing and how we've tweaked it and specifically also your questions on topics because mm-hmm. sometimes when you have an experience i mean janet lansbury is one of our favorite people who has podcasts mm-hmm. and she it they're when you frame like the same concept but with a different situation that's how i feel like how we get mm-hmm. our aha moments mm-hmm. it's totally. like a reframing of like oh okay i knew that but now i really get it mm-hmm. so that's our goal here is to hopefully help as we share your own que- your your specific situations we can actually help you like really internalize concepts that are yeah part of our like core principles yep totally so today we are going to talk about um eating in general, with children. So we are going to cover feeding babies. We're going to cover mealtimes and how to um, frame those mealtimes and how to, you know, have pleasant mealtimes. And then we're going to give a little review of French Kids Eat Everything, which is probably, I would say, definitely my favorite book on feeding kids. You? Yeah, mm. yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, intuitive eating is my favorite for adults, and French kids eat everything is my favorite for kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did an episode on French kids eat everything, and it's um, French kids eat everything, and so can yours. If you want to go back and listen to that first, but we're going to review our um, how it has evolved into our families since we've read it. And we are going to start with a listener question today from Jenny 
on mealtimes. So she says, um, I'm so excited to tune into the new episode today. I wanted to send you a message to ask a question about setting boundaries when sitting down for meals. Charles, my two-year-old, has trouble sitting still at mealtimes. He takes one or two bites and then will push himself away from the table and will want to get down, walk around, stand up, climb on the table. (laughs) I'm laughing because my kids... It's so (laughs) funny. Why? Why? (laughs) This is kind of a newer thing that is turning into a bit of a power struggle because I have tried to set a boundary of please stay at the table and join us for mealtime, even if you're not hungry or don't want to eat, but he does not want to stay. All through eating, I have to physically sit him back up and constantly tell him to sit and please stay with me until mealtime is over. We try to make conversation and talk about our day, but that only lasts so long. I'm trying to figure out how to hold the boundary without making it a power struggle and enjoy my meal too. With this funny, uh, barfy, annoyed face. <laughs> I'd love some <laughs> advice. <laughs> and I love this question for a lot of reasons. Um, but first, just so you know, I think all of us have been there with two-year-olds. Uh-huh. I think this is... Yeah. And can I, just, can I just say... That this is gonna sound silly, but the thing I miss the most after having children is the ability to sit down oh, and just eat. enjoy my meal. <laughs> and I feel like we have a lot of tips here to help you enjoy your meal. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say I feel you, sister, because oh my gosh, wow! I mean, seriously, I remember waking up before my baby. This is before I knew about Miracle Morning. I'd wake up before her just so that I could eat my breakfast mm-hmm. without my. And you know, she was like a one year old. Like uh, I was like, I just don't want to eat yes. my breakfast at the same time as you because you're just yes. so much work you're so wiggly (laughs) but since then we have learned a lot of things that can help you so hopefully this will hopefully we can give you some tips to help make this a little easier my first tip here would be if he is only eating one or two bites so a couple things first of all that's totally fine kids i feel way strong not only me i've heard doctors say this i've read this i think this is a pretty safe bet to say but kids can regulate their own hunger super well Mm -hmm. so what i'm about to say is first of all if she's, he's just taking one or two bites, that's fine because over a week-long period, sometimes we think you have to eat so much in a meal. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I actually had a pediatrician say this. A kid, it's over like a week, right? Mm-hmm. So they might not eat very much. Their stomach, they're a lot smaller than us. So mm-hmm. what we think they should eat sometimes isn't the amount they need to mm-hmm. eat. So allow them. The first thing there is to definitely be okay with allowing trusting. whatever amount they eat, trusting mm-hmm. that their body knows. Because it's such a funny thing that we... We think it's fine to force a kid, take five more bites, take 10 bites. And then all of a sudden we become an adult and we're like, take less bites, yes. less food. But we've been overriding their hunger cues for like 20 years. How do we expect mm-hmm. them as adults to ever be able to regulate their own hunger mm-hmm. if we're forcing them to eat more? She didn't even bring that up, but I'm just people listening. Yes. The two, one or two bites might have scared some people. Yeah. So I'd say, don't let that scare you. But my other tip with that is also helping your kids cultivate some hunger leading up to the meal mm-hmm. could also help with that sometimes. Again, it doesn't mean for sure every time, mm-hmm. but like for my kids specifically, a couple hours before the meal, anytime they say they're hungry, I say, it's okay, you can be hungry. Mm-hmm. We have a really delicious meal coming up. And even at two, you can still cultivate that feeling of hunger. I'm not saying starve your child. I'm just saying yeah. don't let them be snacking right up to it. Yeah. And that sometimes makes sure they will sit a little longer. Yeah. If they're a little hungry. So I'd yeah. say first step is, can you cultivate his Look hunger mm-hmm. a little more? And if you already are, you're like, no, it's been, you know, he had his afternoon snack. This has been a full two hours or so. Mm-hmm. Then ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I say, I love that tip because I think definitely look at when, he, when is he eating? And I think at this age too, um, a 
a lot of babies are maybe still having like milk maybe before a nap or something where it's really filling up their bellies and that like sweet easy to drink it's soothing a lot of the times if babies are still having um milk in bottles then they're less likely like food is a little bit more complicated for them and harder so they're gonna either hold off or fill up on that if they are having it where I think as adults sometimes we think oh it's just a drink but for them it really does fill up their their bellies for sure so look at that look when he's snacking if he's snacking close to that meal it might encourage him to sit longer um and then my my second tip is with so the part where she says this is kind of a newer thing that is turning into a bit of a power struggle with the boundary um i think with mealtime specifically being aware of so so you're obviously feeling and she says this at the end you're feeling a little maybe tension around the mealtime or anxiety or stress and when you go into a mealtime like that like you're approaching the table like dun dun (laughs) this is going down he feels it too so I think the next step would be before that mealtime even comes try to change that mindset and take away that stress hopefully getting to a place of you obviously you want him to sit and enjoy and be there with you but if he doesn't you're not gonna let it freak you out Mm -hmm. and create stress and anxiety during that meal because he feels it and he's probably going to feed off of it and do those things even more I would guess Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a really valuable thing to I think you're I I applaud you for being so self-aware here that you're seeing it become a power struggle Mm -hmm. because that is key a lot of parents don't even realize that it is a power struggle Mm -hmm. until they've gone so deep into Mm it um so Janet Lance so I just want to present there's kind of a couple different schools of thought here. Janet Lansbury and Magda Gerber and the that kind of respectful parenting, specifically the Rye method, respectful infant education. Mm-hmm. Um, they feed their children at a separate table and allow them to, once they go, like it's done, but mm-hmm. they're kind of in charge of their own meal. Felicia and I both take a slightly different approach. And so as I say that, that's a wonderful approach and it mm-hmm. works for a lot of people. The reason why we put our children at the table with us, even as babies, I put my kids up in a high chair next to us. Even when they're not eating food, they still join us for dinner Mm -hmm. because I want the feeling of all of us at the table eating. Mm -hmm. However, Felicia and I, within that school of thought, we also have slightly different approaches. So we can give you two different perspectives here. Mm -hmm. And as I say mine, I'm not saying that it's better for sure. I actually think I might try what Felicia's doing. <laughs> but um, so for me, it's easier for me because uh, Felicia told me that she knows this, uh, she knows Jenny and this two-year-old is her oldest. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different with your oldest because there is no other children there to make mm-hmm. them feel like, oh, I want to join these big mm-hmm. kids at the table because two is still really little. Yeah, totally. So, so for me, like I have a three-year-old, right? For me at the table, I want us all sitting there everybody's hungry when we sit down and we start talking about our day. We usually go through, we actually have these little like questions we ask sometimes. We'll say a highlight of either a thing that disappointed us or that we were pumped about. And so, but I actually don't make my three-year-old stay at the table. So again, this might be controversial, but the rest of us do. So my 11 down to five, we all stay at the table as we talk, as we eat. And mm-hmm. we actually... We usually stay and maybe talk for an extra few minutes after everybody's done eating because mm-hmm. we're enjoying the conversation. But my three-year-old, 
he's always sitting by me and he'll eat and then he'll just like wander off and come back. And that, as I say that, I know that's not great table manners. However, the reason why I allow him to do it is because I don't want to fight. I don't want to like, I don't want to have to manually pull him back up because I want to enjoy my own food. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed as time goes on, he actually will end up coming back to the table Mm because he wants to be a part of what the rest Mm -hmm. of the family is doing. So for me and my family, when they're that little, I don't actually force them to, but I do. I mean, I'm not going to feed him after either. I will tell him. Yeah. We're not going to eat after this. Mm -hmm. So he'll usually eat, but he's usually done so much faster than this that he just bails. But the rest of us stay. So my hope is, because this is what's happened with all my other children, as they get older, they just stay longer and longer till eventually now, again, my three older ones, which is five and up, they'll just sit there for the whole time Mm -hmm. because they're enjoying being a part of that. Yeah, part of the family. So that's kind of how I have done it with my kids, but I actually love it what Felicia does. So I might just try this myself, but let's... Well, you're taking away really any power struggle at all with he... He's... At that age, so is this, you know, that two to four of like, um, excuse me, I can get up from the table and I'm going to go. And yeah. if you're going to try to keep me here, that that is going to become that power struggle. So and I com- think it's wise. And conversation for a two-year-old is not the same yeah. thing as conversation for a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. For him, he's not going to be pulled in yeah. by, what did you do today, mm-hmm. daddy? Totally. As much. Yes. And with Charles, so with that like kind of relinquishing that like power, I would say, you know, maybe it's that you're talking to him about the food. Maybe you hold him on your lap for a little bit and make it fun and like feeding him some bites and interacting. And then when he does kind of get down and you know what they do and they give you that look of like, what are you going to do? You're just like, chill. I don't even care. Like for a few, I think a few days of that and he's going to maybe start to stay longer. Maybe not, but it's not going to be a thing. And as he gets older, I think he'll gravitate back towards just like Terlin said. I think that's like a really wise way with the power struggle for our family um so i have three kids obviously if you've been listening you know that but they're five three and two almost and for me i'm really grateful that my oldest has always been he's like on another level with loving food he really is since a a baby baby. (laughs) yeah he's amazing yeah he's always just like I mean, couldn't get enough food. I swear, even if he just ate, try anything and just like, I'm not saying every single day of his life. Like there's some days where he's like, I want to get down and play, but Mm -hmm. he's pretty good. And so it's, it's set an example that where now my three-year-old and two-year-old sometimes again, some, it's not perfection, but they more stay at the table because now everybody's kind of there. So I think it's easier when you have older kids who are there, the little ones kind of follow suit with the oldest. Is Sonny still in a high chair? Or no? No. Oh, he's not? He won't. He just likes this. Mm. He he can't really reach the table, so he kind of just squat stands on his yeah. chair. He doesn't really <laughs> like high chairs. Because that's the benefit of high chairs is you leave them in until they're done eating, yeah. and then you can get them out, and mm-hmm. they can wander off, but mm-hmm. it's a distinct, like, we eat, yes. and then you're done. Yes. You don't have to last as long as us. Yes. By two I feel they like, start to kind I feel of like battle. My oldest was still in a high chair, probably, but I think then when other kids needed high chairs, mm-hmm. it's been different for every kid. So yeah. yeah, yeah, he kind of bucked the high chair. I think when we moved, but but yeah. So what I do for our family around mealtime is that our rule in quotes is that you stay at the table until everybody's done eating, and 
for and are sequence so i like to call it sequence and sequencing mm-hmm. because dessert is not a reward for eating you don't have to eat you just have to be here i do find that it makes them eat more because they're just at the table for a longer time mm-hmm. because they're waiting for whoever is still eating um but if you stay at the table with the family, then we'll all eat dessert together. Mm-hmm. But if you hop down, then you're just choosing not to have dessert. And it's been, it's worked out really well. They all, st- they all stay at the table pretty well. Even Sunny, who's t- almost two, because everyone else is there. So he's like, but again, it's different with younger. He's youngest. So if he wanders off, he's just like, well, everyone's over there. You know, it's kind of like the gravity pull towards the family. He doesn't know the dessert rule he doesn't understand that you know he just mostly stays um and if he if he does get down i don't sunny you can't have dessert he doesn't even get that part of it i just bring him back to the table so that's our rule that's worked out really good for us again that's just kind of a caveat because i think that charles this situation is different for sure because he's probably still at that age where he wouldn't really understand that obviously I mean you're kind of you're kind of already saying that to him and he's not really grasping it or he's pushing against it so Mm -hmm. but that's for those of you with older kids I've it's worked really well for us and yeah Mm -hmm. it's worked awesome and something I want to add about the concept of a two-year-old I had an experience with when my three-year-old was two (laughs) so about a year ago I was noticing that when we sometimes eat as a family I'd start feeling this is just backing up the idea that however you're feeling makes a mm-hmm. huge difference. I was feeling this like, especially when we'd go out to eat with him, I was feeling this like, I don't know. I just felt like I was juggling, mm-hmm. trying to make people <clears throat> not spill. And I don't know. And I felt like he didn't eat very much. And then he'd want to get down. And we have a way strong rule at a restaurant. You can't get down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I just, I hadn't ever felt that with my kids before. I'd always enjoyed being out with them. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with him and that amount of kids, I don't know. It like wasn't working for me. And so this one time, though, I can't remember the situation or why we did it, but it was just me, him, and one of my daughters. And he was two. And we went to a sushi place. Again, I don't know. We're on a date. I don't even know why we were there. (laughs) But it was weird because since I didn't have more people to take care of and I was approaching it just like a leisurely, we didn't have like a timeline. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, you know, fancy food. It's a sushi place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was getting exposed to like, you know, we were eating edamame and miso soup and stuff. And it was so cute because I it like blew my mind because he sat there the whole time with his chopsticks, like the little kid chopsticks. <laughs> yes. And it took him forever to eat with the chopsticks because mm-hmm. they're hard. Mm-hmm. And eating all these cool things that like, I was like, where have you been? Like, this isn't how you eat at restaurants. Totally, totally. I was unaccustomed to it. But I was thinking about it. And I was like, I think the reason why is because I didn't have any angst because I wasn't like trying to juggle all the kids mm-hmm. and all the things. I was able to sit there and enjoy eating with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, his older sister was there being like, oh, how does that taste? And we were talking about the food and mm-hmm. how it was salty. So even at two, I mean, he was so little. And even at two, it was like an eye-opening thing for me to realize, wow, me approaching this as there is, I actually, something I love about the French approach is that it's okay to derive pleasure from food. Yes. Yeah. It isn't the only source of our pleasure and we don't eat only because it's pleasurable we Mm -hmm. eat because it's nutritious and it makes our bodies feel good but there's nothing wrong with tapping in and being mindful as you eat it like this is so delicious Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not something you want to numb out on it's just something you can enjoy so i like took what i learned at that restaurant came back and was like how can i do that and it's still sometimes hard for me 
when everybody's there for me to feel that way. But a tip I have for this awesome mom, you probably have times during the day when you're not trying to do the whole, I've just made a big meal and we're all trying to sit down. I'm trying to make this be a cool family dinner. Mm -hmm. It could be in a lunchtime when it's just you and him. And maybe, I don't know if she has a younger child that is asleep or something, Mm -hmm. but where it's literally like, we're just going to eat this pineapple that I've sprinkled coconut on top of. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to eat it and talk about the flavors that we that we're feeling and mm-hmm. have that be like this cool connecting thing. Cause mm-hmm. again, I was blown away that even a two year old in the right setting can really have a foodie experience. Yeah, totally. So you could look for that as like a moment, moments of connection at other times to make sitting down, even our snacks I've actually tried to make now. So we're not, I'm not just like throwing food at my children, even for our snack. We actually sit down, we do it at the bar for mm-hmm. snacks, but we all sit down and I eat with them mm-hmm. and we talk about our days, but we also talk about what does this food taste like? Mm-hmm. And I've actually noticed my son, <laughs> I make them smell, if it's especially like a really fancy food, mm-hmm. I'll like have them smell like chocolate, dark chocolate. I'll have them like smell it, taste it, feel it. They break it and listen to it in their ear. And I looked over at my three-year-old the other day yeah. and he had, what did he have? It was like a piece of toast or something. Uh-huh. I look over at him and he's like smelling it, ripping it against his <laughs> ear. Like, what Get does it sound like? And those are really fun for even two-year-olds mm-hmm. can really grasp onto that. The enjoyment of being mindful with our food. Mm-hmm. And that might just help the whole culture mm-hmm. of him feeling what mealtime is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a side tip, but yeah. it'll also make food Almost other times. You may not get to the point yet where dinner time you're feeling the total mm-hmm. enjoyment, but you'll be able to find those little pockets during the day of enjoyment of food with your son. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. And so just around, so coming out of this question and leading into just, obviously we're talking a lot about just mealtime advice and what we do during mealtimes. Something that I've found is really enjoyable with when you have young kids We've done this in our family when we don't have anything in the evening, which I feel like is a lot of the times with younger kids where it's not like you have to go to basketball or soccer. You're just kind of home all together. So this is in French kids eat everything, but in France they eat dinner a lot later than we do, you know, like 7 or 8 p.m. And they do their bedtime routine, whatever. They bathe, do everything, read before dinner and then the dinner is kind of like the nightcap and then they go to bed and I we've done this a a few times it actually started honestly by default because we had like stuff that led into the evening and then we would do like a late dinner and with little kids I found that it really has two effects one they're way hungrier so they're really like into the food I'm hungry once it passes (laughs) six I know I know yeah they're way hungrier and they're more like, you know, like I'll have it be dimmer in our house and they're all relaxed because they've gotten ready for bed. And I feel like it's more of a settling in and enjoy it and kind of calming down where sometimes that like, okay, everybody's home, let's eat feels a little like whew, hectic, which is, you know, where we normally eat dinner. And I think for a lot of families that like 5 to 6 p.m. is really like the only window they have. But perhaps if you have younger kids... And you can do that little, you know, go into bedtime and then a little later dinner. I feel like it's like just a treat and so relaxing. We've done that a couple times and it definitely they're hungrier. (laughs) So I really like that. Um, Okay, so we wanted to touch quickly on feeding babies. 
we've had people ask us kind of what we did with feeding our babies and we just had a fun conversation with um my sister-in-law Caitlin who's been on the podcast a couple times she her baby just barely has started his eating journey is he eight months I think and uh it's interesting because there's definitely like two distinct schools of thought with feeding babies there's like the baby led weaning or feeding and then there's you know like the french approach if you read french kids eat everything is definitely a you know purees your baby should be eating with silverware and very like a proper thing so there's i feel like there's extremes and especially with your first it's stressful that first like soiree into eating is like whoa like this has been so easy you've just either you know had formula or been nursing for how long of your life and now we're doing foods this is like a big deal so we just wanted to touch on what we do um it's nothing neither of us are strong in any specific (laughs) way of feeding babies but i think our so my big tips with feeding babies is i do a combo if it's a food that makes sense for them to quote baby led wean and just eat themselves with their hands, then I let my babies do that. And could you define for those of you who haven't heard what baby head baby yeah. head, baby, baby led head. weaning is? <laughs> yes. Baby led weaning is in my loose interpretation of not going that deep into it. But it's basically you cut up into food into sizes that they can't choke on their food, put it on their tray they get to choose when they eat, how much they eat, what they eat, pick it up. They're, you don't feed any purees and you don't feed them into their mouth. Like they get to choose mm-hmm. all the foods. Yeah. Uh, which is that what, that's what I've yeah. gone of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I will do that with some foods and then with some foods. I love the concept that is in French kids eat everything in some other books and we'll link some yummy recipes of, introducing flavors and textures through quote unquote purees but you know like steamed you know sweet potatoes with cinnamon and coriander we have a really yummy recipe we like or I feel like you can introduce a lot of good good flavor to babies through purees Mm -hmm. so I did a mix of both Mm -hmm. with my kids and that's actually one of my top tips is that to erase in your mind kid foods or baby foods. Assume that your kids and babies are going to like what you like and are going to want to taste those flavors and introduce them when they're little. Don't say, oh, when they're five, they'll try paprika. Like, just do it now. Why not? You know? Because if you're only eating vegetables with zero flavor on them and mm-hmm. cereal, like flavorless rice cereal, <laughs> rice cereal yes. and that's all you ever had, it's going to be... And then we expect them to actually... Not be picky and like everything else. Yep. So the, I, until, let's see, my third baby, Felicia introduced me to this blog called Baby Foodie. And again, we'll send the link with our favorite baby food recipe. But it was the first time I was like, hold on, wait, I can put like seasonings in my baby's food. Mm -hmm. And there's this one. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I like eat it myself. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. But for me, yeah, I am actually not an extreme in either camp either. I actually feel like me and Felicia are pretty much the same on this. Mm -hmm. I love to give my kids when it's something that is within their range, you know, like I don't feed my babies honey mm-hmm. before they're one years old, mm-hmm. but 
I'll give them pureed stuff. I'll make them pureed stuff sometimes with the yummy seasonings in it. And then also I just look at whatever I'm eating during the day. And if it's something that does work for them, Mm -hmm. like I can cut it into bite-sized things or Mm -hmm. there's even been like a few soups where like I'll just puree if they're like too big of chunks that I don't want them or something that I know they're not gonna be able to gum, Mm -hmm. you know, chew. I'll just get an immersion blender and like blend up them a little bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. So they're still tasting our soup Mm -hmm. and you can still pay attention to if they ever have a reaction. You can be like, oh, well, I did feed them whatever it is. But um Again, it's keeping with them like what's healthy for that mm-hmm. range of baby, baby, yeah, age, but yeah. It's I actually felt like for me as I had more kids, I got way better at just being like, what are we eating? How can I introduce these flavors to mm-hmm. them? Sometimes it's them gumming on the end of them with asparagus, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Totally, and yep. getting that taste and the mm-hmm. texture in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think just kind of broadening my mind to like babies can taste a bunch of different mm-hmm. things, and especially as my kids get older, it isn't like. I'm not feeding them chicken nuggets and me chicken cordon bleu. Right. We're all having chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. Together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you're two, I'm cutting up yours into little pieces for mm-hmm. you. And I'm not going to force you. I say over and over and over to my kids, even when they're tiny. I mean, like, I'll start saying it maybe 18 months, like mm-hmm. a year and a half old. They're like, I will never force you to eat mm-hmm. anything. I do ask that you try it, though. Mm-hmm. And Felicia always says, your taste buds get smarter. The <laughs> your more- taste buds aren't that smart yet. You need to have really <laughs> tried this. They'll get smarter. <laughs> and, and I always say, you might not like it yet, but eventually you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. So you might just haven't tried enough yet. And it's funny, as soon as I say that, especially to my three-year-old, I'll say, challenge. You might not, you might not like it yet, and I won't force you, but I do ask that you try it. Mm-hmm. And you might just not like it yet. You know, but my oldest, she loves it because she's mm-hmm. tried it enough. No, sorry. Take that back. I actually never say that because I never <laughs> want to compare her, him to her. As I was saying that, I was like, no, 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 take it back. Because I'm never comparing like your sister likes it and you don't. Never say that. Mm-hmm. But just simply, you might, you might just not have tried it enough yet. Mm-hmm. You can tell in his mind, he's like, whoa, wait, just not enough yet. Yeah. Okay, fine. And he'll like put the raspberry like in his mouth and be like, yeah. mommy, I love it. Yeah. And so anyway, so that's a fun way to do it. And yes. we're kind of moving away from babies here. But what I'm saying is that concept, though, mm-hmm. that you're introducing it to them, you're allowing them to taste all sorts of different flavors. And as soon as they're understanding anything, you can say things like, you might just not like it yet. Mm-hmm. Thanks for trying it. Mm-hmm. Because they actually say from research that it takes a lot of people up to 21 times of being exposed to a flavor to like it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of times. That's a 10. So yeah. if you're five and you're tasting something for the first time, you're going to be a way disadvantage to somebody who's exposed to that flavor when they were a year old mm-hmm. or a baby. Totally. You know what yep, I mean? Yeah, totally. And then you have adults. I know plenty of adults who are like, I don't like that. It's like, you probably haven't even tasted it more than five times in your yep. whole life. Yeah. 40. <laughs> of course you don't like it, you yeah. know? Totally. Yeah. And I think my last tip with babies is <clears throat> to, mm, I think it's easy with babies to soothe with food slash snacks. Yes. So or avoid entertain that. entertain with yes, food Yes, entertain. Yes, yes, yes. Soothe, entertain. So try to avoid that because obviously it's creating an association we don't want. And also then they're just eating snacks and then they probably don't want to eat foods that much. So, Which is a hard thing in our culture. Because yeah. I actually had, I had to start like changing it as my kids went along as I learned more. Because I remember with my first, I was like, wait, hold on. How would I ever get through church without feeding her Cheerios right. the whole time? Right. Or yeah. those little puffs? Yep. How is that even possible? But the whole idea is if you're doing that all the time, first of all, you're distracting them with food, which 
we all know adults. We don't want to have that as a habit mm-hmm. as an adult mm-hmm. or entertaining ourselves with food. Again, another habit we don't want as adults. Mm-hmm. But also, then they're not hungry for their actual meals. Yes. Yeah. So that was actually a huge. I used to literally have like a whole thing of snacks in my purse mm-hmm. at all times mm-hmm. in case we're in a line and I yeah. need something to <laughs> pop into their mouth to distract yes. them. Or yes. heaven forbid, what if they get hungry when we're in a park mm-hmm. and we we have 10 minutes to get home for lunch? Yes. And now... I never have food yep. in my purse because it's like if we're at a meal at a park, I actually have the meal with us. Yeah. And if we're not going to have a meal, guess what? We're going to eat a yummy food when we get home. So yep. it, that mindset, I can say from going from totally, I need to prepare to feed my children snack foods at all times yes. to now I never carry snacks. You're going to love it once you oh, yeah, And it's much less effort. I don't much have less. gummed <laughs> up dried bananas in the bottom yeah. of my purse anymore. Yes. So if you're feeling that way, that was like a huge, huge game changer for me mm-hmm. in a in the positive. Yeah, it's easier. Your kids eat better at meals, mm-hmm. and your your life's gonna be a lot better. Yes, totally. I did the same mindset switch with Cohen. I totally was like the I have the snacks. What if the puffs? And I heard I don't know. I think it was a dietitian, but they were talking about like just eliminate from your kids' diet quote astronaut foods. So. You know, I had the puffs, I had all the drops and the squeezies and the, and it's like, they're not really real foods. Like think about those textures of those things. She's like, if you are going to have your kids have snacks, let's do, you know, sunflower seeds and fruit and actual real foods if they are going to have a snack, but then also eliminating that it's like, well, you're right. Like, why am I giving him these puffed up cardboard pieces in the middle of the park day? Uh-huh. You know, like yeah. why? And really just uh-huh. taking that out and just, it honestly is like a nice little burden just to release of like, no snacks. Uh-huh. Ta-da! Everything's uh-huh. easier. So with babies, I think if you start when they're babies, it'll be so easy. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll come back just um, and talk about how French kids eat everything has guided our eating um, patterns with our kids. I got the back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Okay, we are going to summarize for you the points in French Kids Eat Everything that are just so valuable to review that are, oh, they're so good. So these are kind of the philosophies that the French use. First one is parents schedule the meals and kids eat what adults eat. So again, they're not eating chicken nuggets and fries and you're eating this gourmet meal, (laughs) right? Beautiful. Um, (laughs) Just whatever you're eating at home. And the cool thing is, is they actually do learn to like 
my my kids actually love like blue cheese and like mm-hmm. all those kind of flavors that normally you don't introduce until they're adults and then adults don't even like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the French are like inspiring in that. They do way even more. They have something, I don't know how to say it in French, but le goûter mm-hmm. or something like that. That was good. <laughs> I'm impressed. This <laughs> is uh, so their snack that they have. And my kids always definitely have a snack. Mm-hmm. We have an afternoon snack to get them through to dinner. And I think that's actually a really fun place to introduce your kids to fun things because they're always they're, My kids are always hungry at snack time. Mm-hmm. Frankly, they're probably a little more hungry there than they are at dinner time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because that's the way our schedule works out. But so for the French, you eat breakfast, lunch, a snack, and dinner. And she said, oftentimes the parents don't do the snack. But something I love about this is it takes away the whole decision making of, am I going to eat? Am I not going to eat right now? Mm-hmm. Even as adults, you just know you're going to eat at mealtime. If it's a mealtime and you're feeling hungry, don't eat because yeah. it's not a mealtime. Yeah. And I think there's something really profound in a philosophy way of being okay with feeling some hunger. Mm-hmm. You're not starving yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to be eating again in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And just looking at it as this is my body. Hunger makes the best seasoning. Mm-hmm. So just... And that's kind of all of life. Sometimes we go through feelings that maybe aren't the best feelings in the world, but it's fine. And you're Mm -hmm. still nourishing yourself. Again, we're not promoting starvation here. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about going a couple hours between Mm -hmm. eating. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, the second item is (laughs) eat family meals together and make them feel special. Whoever can sit down, can sit down. Even if some of my kids are gone, we still, or if my husband's gone, we still, whoever's there, we're sitting down together mm-hmm. making it special. I love that too. And just making it, I mean, we were talking about this, how, how a lot of times we still use paper plates, <laughs> but like, how can we make it not just shovel in the calories to get by to the next thing we have to do, but enjoy it, even if it's short. Yes. Felicia, I love this. Felicia oftentimes lights a candle when they start the meal. I love doing the candle. Which that makes me think I got to get back into doing that because I love that. I don't do I this actually this is probably one I'm the worst at probably because I usually don't do like she says like cloth napkins pretty plates I want to tablecloths I really don't do any of those things but um and also even drinks should we even admit this I don't know I we should I, I bet somebody else does we'll be transparent <laughs> you guys here so I admitted this to Felicia this morning and she said she does the same thing <laughs> so I sometimes when I'm setting the table well lots of times my kids at the table but the the getting all the cups out and filling them all up with ice and then water and taking them over to the table is so much. And sometimes when you're no. making a really yummy meal, it's like that's just the one thing that's the last uh, thing I want to do. So you know what I do? <clears throat> we have I get two big water bottles, <laughs> one from the one side of the table, <laughs> one from my side of the table, and then we just share a giant water bottle because if it tips over, it doesn't spill because yep. they always spill their <laughs> waters. And anyway, so I admitted that to Felicia. I'm like, oh, I'm really not good at this one. They're like making it. I mean, you know, it's cute, but the yeah. table's cute, but it's not like I don't have like it's not gourmet. Yeah. And we're drinking out of, we're sharing water bottles. <laughs> and then she said she does the same thing. We do <laughs> That giant hydro flask really comes in handy at the table. I swear, <laughs> otherwise they're not going to over, seriously, I'll clean up four waters in a night. One day I'll have some cute glasses, but it's not <sighs> my season. <laughs> For Valentine's Day this week, I am yes, going to put out yes. actual cups. Me like too. Glass cute cups. cups, yes. Anyway, <laughs> but so yeah, there we go. We're just being transparent here that we are not <laughs> nailing this in every way. <laughs> If you guys have cute table things you do with your kids, share them with us. Yeah, send them to us. You might inspire us yes. to do more than we do in that category. <laughs> uh, but still, you can sit down and make it special without totally. it looking like uh, Joanna Gaines set the table yes. for you. 
But if you do make it look like Johnny Gaines, yes, also send that to us. Yeah, (laughs) I would love to see it. The third is food is not a reward, punishment, or bribe. And I'm going to add there, or an entertainment of any kind. Mm -hmm. Ever. You just, you eat, and it nourishes us, and it's an experience together, and there is pleasure there that you can enjoy, but it's not any of those things. All right, our next one is eat your veggies, think variety. I love this with the French. They are amazing at introducing their kids to, you know, the gamut. Beets, endives, leeks, like whatever. It's because they eat so much more seasonally than we do, which I really try to do, but it is tricky. But so my just little side tip for this is... um, I think a lot of times we're just like, oh, we need a veggie. Throw on that just like boiled. Okay, that's exaggeration. But, you know, just like not really into it. But the more I get into the veggies and like, how can I make this asparagus with the Parmesan and lemon? Like really Mm -hmm. good. So good. So it's like the star. Then your kids actually like it, right? (laughs) In my mouth water. (laughs) It's like, "Mm." We haven't eaten. I haven't eaten yet today. I'm really feeling it. Yes. And then the other tip with veggies, cut them up small salad veggies anything with my kids if even smaller than i would think for like a five-year-old they will they eat way way more of the veggies it's it's sometimes the texture and like the how do i get this huge bite of salad with all the things into my mouth oh yeah is like the intimidation factor of it Mm. and i feel like if i cut them up for them smaller Mm. then they're less intimidated Mm. felicia's kids are so i was telling her this before i feel like i feel like my kids eat a lot of things and i love that but I love it when they're around Felicia's kids. They're like a whole nother level. Like when I, I serve salad on my house now, because Cohen has raved on about how much he loves salad, <laughs> my five-year-old is like, Cohen loves salad. I love salad. I mean, it's so cute. So she really has nailed that. So listen oh, to that piece of advice. Oh, cut. Thank you. So you're saying you cut this their salad up into smaller pieces. Yeah, I like, like almost like, you know, those salads that are like chopped salads yeah. and get all the things. Because then it's really good. But if you're just getting one huge piece of lettuce every time and you have to like, it's sticking yeah. out of your mouth. It's <laughs> so like a turtle. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's, I like that tip. Okay. I'm learning here. Another thing with veggies that I think sometimes we think that the only thing we can eat vegetables with is ranch, which yeah. don't get me wrong. I love myself some good ranch. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm kind of like a snobbish about like, I only like certain ranches and stuff, oh, but, um, but something here to remember is there's a lot of ways to eat vegetables that doesn't have to be ranch. So mm-hmm. sometimes a vinaigrette or even, Oh, it's making my mouth water. But I love vinegar of all kinds. So like mm-hmm. I have like different flavors of vinegars mm-hmm. that I'll mix in with like some salt and pepper. And my kids are like now also obsessed with vinegar. They can, we're literally, we'll do like shots of ap- raw apple cider vinegar at my house. Because <laughs> whatever will. you introduce them to, they end up loving. It's so, so true. Just, and it kind of softens the vegetables when you let them like sit in the vinegar, uh-huh. pickle them. Yeah. So just, I mean, you can just kind of get creative about, so I normally always eat my apples with caramel, which is again, whoa, also delicious. In the (laughs) fall, I pretty much eat it every day like that. (laughs) But there's a lot of other things you can eat apples with. You can try it with cheese. Mm -hmm. You can try it with melted blue cheese. That sounds weird, but it's so good. I tried it at a restaurant and now we eat it. Uh, You can do peanut butter on it. I mean, like just kind of get creative with presenting the vegetables and that's really fun. Fruits and vegetables. Totally. Okay, let's see. Where are we at here? You don't have to like it, but you do have to taste it. So this is, um, in the French philosophy, they they don't make any sort of power struggle with food. It's all about enjoyment, pleasure, and their kids get to a place of, you know, why 
of course. Like, this is the best part of my day. I love every single second of eating is when you read the book, How Their Kids See Food, there's no power struggle. So, yeah, we all taste it. And you taste it because that's what adults do. And you want to be big. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Totally. And then. That's one of my favorite. of. Oh, them. my gosh. So it is the there's best. seven yeah. of these like pillars and this one could be one of my favorites because it makes it that there isn't any power struggle. I don't even say in my family, I don't even say that you have to. I just say I ask that you taste mm-hmm. it and they almost always do. Yeah. And here though, I think one huge part of it that make not making it a power struggle is that Felicia just mentioned kids automatically deep down want to mimic people mm-hmm. who they love. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're mimicking that you are trying everything, mm-hmm. Even there's some things that I make that my husband probably wouldn't choose to eat, but he is such a good sport about like, he'll still mm-hmm. try it. And I think specifically not even just trying it, but I think us as parents, as we model enjoying the flavors of food, if they just see a shovel it in our mouth and run, mm-hmm. they're, how are yes. they ever going to learn to really enjoy it? But if they see us trying a beat and loving it, mm-hmm. they're going to be a lot more open to it. So yep. I think there and all of this modeling is key but especially with the trying things that you're not used to. And I don't mind telling my kids, this is a combination I've never tried before. Yeah. But I'm excited to try something new Mm because I love it when my taste buds get something new. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with, or even saying, you know what? Avocados, I didn't like until like five years ago. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with saying, I've actually never liked this, but I'm still going to try it. Oh, you know what? I know you. I, like there's some dark chocolates that I still don't love. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell my kids, I still don't love this, but I'm going to keep trying it Mm because... I think there's something here to appreciate. Totally. You know? totally. So you can be vulnerable and model that mm-hmm. experimental approach towards food. Mm-hmm. And I think talking about in your meals, so say you're like, oh, guys, I just tried the mashed potatoes with the asparagus. I feel like a lot of kids have like food mixing phobias, but like I, I do that with my kids of like you have to try the steak with the blue cheese. It is so good. And now, I mean – Almost 90% of meals, they're coming up with, oh my gosh, mom, did you try the Dorito with the tuna with a little bit of cheese and crunched? Like, they're just like, they feed off of it. It's such like a fun social thing. I think sometimes we put these boundaries on kids like, they won't like to mix. I know they won't like spicy. They only like cheese and meat. I think we subconsciously do that to kids, but they can like all the things. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, that's so cute. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and steak and blue cheese. Seriously, so this good. is like really making me hungry. I know. Uh, the next uh, item in the list from French Kids Eat Everything is no snacking and it's okay to feel hungry between meals, mm-hmm. which we've covered really yeah. well. And the last one, slow food is happy food. Slow down your meals. Oh, man, the French are so good at this. They, I mean, their school lunches are way slower. Their meals are longer than ours and more enjoyable. And I want this to trend in America because I think it is pretty rushed here. I mean, obviously there's the French kids or French people are so appalled that we like eat in our car and heaven forbid, all sorts of things. So it's made me, reading this book has made me really try to think like, is my kids seeing me like shove down a granola bar as I walk out the door? Maybe not the best example. Like, how can I slow down mm-hmm. food a little bit? And are you following around your kid <laughs> with, we've all maybe done this, maybe not, I don't know. When your kids are little and you're, like, trying to, like, follow them around, like, popping things yeah. in, like, please just eat something. Mm-hmm. But that that is, like, the opposite of what we're talking about yes. here. So, yes. again, it kind of takes a whole change of mindset mm-hmm. that we actually don't have to just follow around and have our kids graze all day long. And neither do we. Yeah. We can actually just 
not eat for a couple hours mm-hmm. and eat at a meal mm-hmm. and enjoy it. And frankly, the more I've gotten into slow, the slow revolution, mm-hmm. I think eating slowly, that's how you're mindful. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think almost every situation in our life can benefit from just slowing so down. Slowing down a titch. A little bit. Yep. And enjoying the process of it. And ju- again, just as a reminder, one of my favorite ways to bring us back to the present moment in any second, this applies to meditation, this applies to when you're in a stressful moment, you're trying to get out of your lizard brain into your thinking brain. Anytime you can come down to your senses, just come back to your senses. Our bodies are this amazing tool we have to be in the present moment. What are you feeling? What are you smelling? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Mm-hmm. And this applies it's a way to slow down. So if you're have if you're feeling like your family is always rushed, a way fun way with kids to do it. And I know I kind of breeze over this, but you can bring your whole family back to you. Let's look at our plate before mm-hmm. we eat it. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing here? What can you smell on your plate? Mm-hmm. What like poke it with your fork? Is it soft? Is mm-hmm. it hard? Mm-hmm. That's actually a really fun way. If you're trying, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, we're this always rushed. Mm-hmm. One way to bring it back, a really simple way, is through our senses. Have your kids play that little game before you eat. Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you smell? And then finish with the last thing is taste. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is when you do that, you'll notice your mouth starts watering and stuff. It's true. You start getting excited and so for it. It actually makes you way more excited to eat the food. So even, I mean, I would say kids as young as, I don't know, one or two can start mm-hmm. enjoying that game. And it's really fun. And we all have to eat. So why not enjoy when yeah. we eat? We have to eat every yeah. day of our lives. <laughs> 40 times with kids. All right, guys. Well, thank you for doing the steep dive with us, and let's find the magic. <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>